Welcome to Lightways Astrology with me and Isabel. I am a psychological astrologer and I am delighted today to have with me Yadranka Choich. Welcome, Yadranka. Thank you very much for having me. The reason that I've invited you onto Lightways is because you are doing a three-part lecture starting on the 11th of October for the Astrology Lodge of London. And it happens to be about one of my very favorite astrologers, William Lilly. Yes, William Lilly, it's not only your favorite astrologer. I think uh, there is uh, like a huge following and I don't know that I'm the right person to talk about him, but probably because I like him so much, that's what gives me this opportunity. And um, uh, I was talking to Wanda Seller, who is the program organizer at the Lodge, and I said, oh, I, I would like really to do, as I used to be beginner's tutor at the Lodge for years, and uh, uh, I said to Wanda, it would be really good to do beginner's course on a lily only, so just looking what he was teaching. So uh, Wanda said, no, 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 you should do a three-part uh, short course on lily on the main lecture, on the main program. So that's what I'm doing. On a Monday first night, I will be talking about life of William Lilly, just so we know a little bit more about him. And then I will look uh, at the planets and the houses uh, and looking his examples and, you know, going to, to his work. So just for those who are relatively new to astrology and haven't yet heard about William Lilly, can you tell us the dates um, in which he lived. Yes, uh, William Lilly was born uh, on the 30th of April in 1602, so 17th century, just at the beginning of the 17th century. It's the still old calendar, so when you are looking now at his uh, birth date, it will be shown as 11th of May, because in the meantime, the calendar changed, so all the dates are adjusted. So William Lilly uh, Lee was 17th century astrologer, and he lived through a very turbulent times in English history because it was the period when uh, it was a period of a civil war in a British history uh, with, between Parliament and, and King Charles, and you know it was not easy time for for William Lilly. No, because I would imagine the Puritans would not have appreciated astrology. No, although William Lilly uh, regarded himself as a Puritan, no, not Puritan, but you know, he had the friends among them, uh, you know, and they were supporting him and guarding him and helping him through his life. Yeah, he would have needed friends at that yes. time because his, his life would have been in danger. Uh, yes, no he was born in a small village uh, uh, in Leicestershire and uh, his father was uh, a rich farmer. You know, when William was born, wheat was very much in demand. And then slowly with the age, as William was growing up, wheat was not that much in demand. So his father did not follow what the other were doing so he started getting a little bit in the debt so that's and William uh, she really insisted that she went to school and she went to school she really liked his first teacher and most of the 
people in those days uh, who went to school and they were gifted and well-spoken and well-learned as William was, will end up at the Cambridge uh, University. But because his father was not really, you know, was getting more into debt and not successful anymore. So William stopped going to school and he even helped uh, his father by teaching in his former primary school as a teacher until he got uh, a chance to go uh, to London. It's quite interesting in a sense because you could see the tourists there, couldn't you? The links yes. to Ming, yes. the yes. issues around money. And yes. so he didn't continue a kind of formal education. How did he acquire the knowledge and the expertise that he had? Uh, he arrived to London uh, to start uh, to work for uh, Mr. Gilbert Wright because a lot of people those days were illiterate and uh, Mr. Wright had a, a working for a salt company and, uh, you know, William Lilly was there to deal with all his affairs that he needed help. Uh, of course, you know, in the beginning, helping his master and helping him then the Mr. Wright's wife gets sick and Lily was the only one who nursed, nursed his wife. She died. Uh, Wright marries uh, Ellen, the other woman, very quickly. And then um, he uh, died in a May. The, his master, Gilbert Wright, died in a May. Uh, in 1627, uh, William was only 25. His master wife was uh, looking to marry again. Uh, she was already married three times before, uh, always for a very rich husband. She was choosing them wisely. And uh, she was talking one night, William, oh, I really want to marry only this time I would like really to marry for a lab. So William thought, oh God, I can't lose anything. I will offer, you know, I said, I know someone who will suit you really well. And she said, who is it? And it's me. So William proposed, she accepted, and they married. She was quite older than him. They have a nice marriage. But that gave William a free time. He didn't start uh, learning astrology yet, uh, he, but he all of a sudden had the time to to read, to do other things than to work. And then in 1632, when he was 30, after first Saturn return, he started taking lessons in astrology from John Evans because uh, he met him and he was really, really uh, like surprised by the way that John Evans is able to read a chart about uh, theft and, um, you know, missing things. So he was... He, really, really into it. So he uh, start doing that. In the meantime, uh, you know, very soon after uh, his wife died. His wife died in a 33, he married another one in a 1934. He was very quickly married to someone else, Jane Rowley. And he, he, only thing what he says about her is that she was of Martian quality. And when you look at his chart, you will see that Mars is in his seventh house. So probably uh, this time, uh, this was like a sexual energy that <laughs> made him marry his wife. Although when she died, uh, he, he said about her, oh God, I didn't shed a tear. 
year after she died because, you know, she brought me 500 pounds in jewelry and I spent more than 1,000 pounds on her and her poor relatives. So I think after this sexual attraction, after this Martian energy, uh, being off, it was not a very happy marriage. It, um, it makes me laugh hearing, you know, what he said, because I think to our modern ears, that sounds incredibly almost mercenary. Um, it's so matter of fact, so problematic. But of course, we're in a time of great turbulence where fortunes could be reversed in the twinkle of an eye. Yes. And it's much more a time in which people are thinking about their survival as well. So there's a, there, it's a more ruthless time, I think. Yes, yes um, it is. And you know, uh, when, uh, when he started working for uh, Gilbert Wright, Gilbert left him, he's sick. Uh, he left him and then countryside because it was an outbreak of the plague in London. Uh, not not a huge one, but still an outbreak. So he left him and a sick wife and went to the countryside until everything was finished. And then he came back and then he married, wives die, he marries again. And it happens really quickly. You know, it's no, they didn't, you know, think of, and no one was surprised and everything was like range. And you will see that in a lot of Lily's chart that when people are coming and asking, should I marry this gentleman or not? And he gives advices. There is also, you know, there is one chart when the woman uh, uh, came and asked about a person that she would like to marry. Will it happen? And Lily said no, but she insisted that it must be a way. And Lily actually went and changed his judgment and said yes. You know, job is quite well positioned. So if you use a friend that that put good words for you. Things may work in your, in your, on your behalf. So, you know, he went, you know, went and changed his first judgment and advised her to use uh, influential friends to help her in um, negotiating this marriage. And of course, it was successful. So, you know, this is the other thing which surprised me that William really not think that everything is fated. You think that you have a free will to make things happen and make things change and uh, give you advice. And then in 1635, he begins to teach and practice astrology. There's two reasons why William Lilly is so fascinating looking at his work. The first is the obvious one in that he writes so much and in so much detail that when you are reading his work, it's a masterclass in what we would now, you know, primarily also call horary astrology because you know, he's doing charts for the moment, not, not exclusively birth charts. Um, and so that, that's a masterclass right there. Yes. But what makes it so fascinating is that it's like you're taking, you know, you're stepping into a time machine because you're getting a real insight into the ordinary lives, the lives that are not in the history books, the things that are of concern to people of his time. Yes, and also it makes you learn about 
history because you can't understand Lily if you don't go and learn about history, if you don't know about the Charles I, if you don't know about the English Civil War, or if you don't know about uh, Cromwell. So you, you learn about all of these people because you need to know, because astrology always needs to be related to the time that it was happening. Uh, because you can't have the same judgment now, and you can, because things did not change. But you need to take in account the current situation of, of the people. It's the context. Yes. So when you're asking a question, your interpretation, okay, the, the planets are the same, the meanings of the planets are the same, yes. but the way, but the context of our time is very different to the context of his time. And so our approach, our interpretation will have some things in common with his, but it's also going to be of our time from our perspective. And, and I think that's what I, I, I so love about it is that you really are getting an insight into the mind of a 17th century individual and all the people who come and see him. It is yeah. like a, a little time machine. Yes, yes, and it's also uh, other thing that really, you know, not only that he left us this wonderful Christian astrology, there are other books as well, but he also uh, predicted the fire of London and he predicted uh, the death of King Charles. He didn't predict that he will be died, he predicted that he will die, he predicted that he will have a hard time. And if he survived the 30th of the month, he will, you know, leave. And he thinks that somehow someone uh, got his prediction. And that's why exec they executed uh, Charles on the 30th. So he didn't survive the day that Lily said he needed to survive in order to leave. That's quite a heavy burden. Yes. Be careful. I think that if you had not made that prediction, perhaps he might still be alive. Yes. And then again, maybe not. It's one of those things. I think what you said also that I, I think is very interesting is the issue of free will. In a time where there was a great deal of fatalism, um, that he, he saw free will despite the fact that he was doing astrology and and horary astrology where the temptation is to see things as being fated he didn't no no because when the person insisted he was able to look further and see other things because yes he looked at the first instance whatever is there but you know whenever we are looking at the chart we have like a first thing something and then you speak after that look at the same chart and something else speaks yeah, that's right. So what he what he was doing was he was saying, okay, so the odds are yes, or the odds are no. And if the person looked very uh, upset, then he would say, okay, well, let's look at it again and see, is there just a chance that things could be different? And yeah. how might we influence this? And, I, and that's a, a very open way of working, isn't it? It is, it is. And uh, I think he had a great sense of humor and uh, he liked to show, 
show off sometimes because he will tell uh, things like the last six months you have the quarrels with your wife because you can see I can see her and uh, her part of fortune your part of fortune in the sixth house and your you know planet representing your wife is there and in the last six months you have a Saturn squaring that position so you may have a quarrels about the money so you know he will give people even more than they ask for. I, I really like him. And every child, you really need to sit down and read and look and put it and, and try to understand. And he didn't only do uh, horary charts. He also got, did the uh, natal charts. In, in his book number three, it's how to delineate the natal charts. So he was doing that as well. He would have needed to because... Yeah would have needed to have been catering for those with uh, more money who yes. would be uh, more knowledgeable about their birth dates, let alone birth times. Yes. yes. What you were talking about there, where he, he could predict, you know, that you were going to have a quarrel over money. And that's, again, the fascinating thing is the detail. I, I love the detail that he goes into when he's describing individuals yeah. that you are going to meet or that you have met you know, just by looking at the ascendant or, you know, it, I, it's a fascinating way to work. Yes, it is. And every, every chart is a, like a big lesson in astrology. So every chart you look at it and read and everything, he puts so many details in it that it's unbelievable, you know. Uh, and he explains to you why he says that. And that's amazing. The, the, the books he left are really, really helpful to everyone. And, uh, and he said in uh, his uh, autobiography, which is called uh, Life and Times, and uh, uh, he left it to his friend uh, Ashmore to, to publish it after Oshum, after his death, because he didn't want to, anything to be used against him while he was alive. Uh, and in there, he just, you know, always referred to himself as a student of astrology. He spent all his life learning more and more and more. You know, he was never ever happy with, with the things he, he knew. And that's what he wanted from his students that, or, or the pupils that he left the books. He wants them to learn and constantly move forwards. He was always, always interesting. And, you know, in, in a 17th century uh, astronomy and astrology were together. They were married, they were one science. And also in order to practice medicine, you will need to uh, have a license. So he didn't stop almost uh, towards the end of his life. He was 60 when he acquires a license to practice medicine. So that's what he was doing. And uh, he used to go in a Kingston uh, on Saturdays. Uh, I think probably it was a market day or whatever. And he will actually uh, help poor people who didn't have a money uh, for, a, for a doctor. And he will be there and helping them, not only using his astrological uh, medicine knowledge, he will also make a chart. And then that will be like additional help in diagnosing the illnesses. And, and He was doing medical astrology yes. in effect. He is a fascinating character, and I, I and I love that he always considered himself a student. 
and many of us will be perpetual astrology students because we're always learning and that that's just part of the way it is we're always learning so if you would like to learn more about William Lilly then I will be putting a link to the astrology lodge so that you are able to watch uh, Yadranka talk about William Lilly and and see the the wonderful things that she's uncovered about him beginning on the 11th of October Yadranka, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Oh, they can either email me uh, or I'm on a Facebook, not as astrologers, as a normal Yadranka Koik Shoich on a Facebook and they can find me there. Or my email is Yadranka, C-O-I-C at hotmail.com. And I will be sure to include your email address on the uh, notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us on Lightways today. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you all for listening. Um, do make sure that you are following if you haven't already done so, so that you have access to all the wonderful interviews, which I've been having the great pleasure of sharing with you. Next time, I will be speaking about mundane astrology with Roy Gillett. So do join us then. Until then, goodbye.